Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We are a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Are you ready to get into the Word this morning? Let's pray, shall we? Father, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. We didn't come to church out of ritual. We didn't come simply because it's what we do. We came because we know that you're a God who loves us. And we believe that you have a moment for us this morning. Thank you for speaking to us even in the worship. Thank you for being able to connect with you. Thank you for being able to bring our hearts and our lives to you. Thank you that we don't simply bring our prayer requests to you, but we bring our hearts to you. We bring our emotions to you. We bring who we are to you. We ask that you'd speak to us this morning. Speak to us clearly. Speak to us personally. Speak to us powerfully this morning. Speak to us intimately, we pray. Father, we want to hear from you so that we can live lives that reflect you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to bring my orchid closer. Who loves orchids? If you're a guy, you can put your hand up. It's okay. <laughs> so we're in a series called What's In You? And we've been exploring what God has put in us. And we've been on a journey to talk about what's naturally in us and sometimes what comes out of us, which isn't great. But most importantly, and what we've tried to do in the series is to focus our hearts and focus our minds on what God says is in us, not simply what we feel is in us. How many of you know we can't live out of what we feel? We've got to live out of a revelation of what God has placed in our lives. And in the first week, we uh, just to recap, we said that we know that and we learned that God has given us everything we need in this life for faith and for complete devotion to God. He's given us everything we need for that. You don't have to get better. You don't have to pray harder. You just simply need to live out of the fact that faith in your life unlocks everything else that you need in order to live a life devoted to Christ. Last week we learned that we have in us the resources of heaven. We have the strength of His Spirit. We have a resting place of His love. We have the extravagance of His love poured into our lives. And we have the power of His hand in our lives. If you missed any of those weeks, I want to encourage you to get the podcast so that you can catch up. And it's on the website. It's also our podcasts are on Apple, uh, or the, the podcasts app on Apple. So you can just log into the app and look for Thrive Church and you'll find the podcasts all there as well. So that's pretty cool. This morning, come with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter was in Jesus' inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Peter walked on the earth with Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. Peter was restored by Jesus after Christ had been resurrected. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you're going to become the guy that's going to build a large portion of the church. Not a church building, but build God's people. And so Peter began to write letters to churches. And he began to write, he began to correct, he began to encourage the church. And this is from one of his letters, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, and it says this. For through the eternal and living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside of you forever. Let me read it to you again. For through the eternal and living word of God, through the word of God, through the word of God, God's word is the agent. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? 
through the Word of God. It's, God's Word is powerful. Never underestimate the power of God's Word to do something in your life this morning. If you're sitting in church this morning thinking, hey, I wonder if I'll get something. I wonder if God will speak to me. I want to encourage you to be especially responsive this morning. I want to encourage you to lean in especially. I want to encourage you to take a note of everything that's said this morning because His Word can accomplish amazing stuff in our lives. Sometimes we treat God's Word a little bit reductionist. We, we kind of just wonder, maybe, I wonder if I could do anything. I want to tell you, God's Word has the power to speak directly to the core of your being. He says, and the seed that He planted within you can never be destroyed but will live and grow inside of you forever. First quick text this morning. Second text comes from the first chapter of John's gospel. First John, or the, the letter John, sorry. His first letter, first John 3, verse 9. Everyone who's truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning because God's seed remains within him. And he's unable to continue sinning because he's been fathered by God himself. You may have picked it up already. What's the common concept spoken to in both of those verses? It's, of course, seed. Are you with me? What's in you? A seed that God has placed in our lives. Each one of us have God's seed placed inside of us. That seed is new life in Christ. That seed is Christ in us. That seed is the spirit of Christ in us, deposited in us. The Bible says that God's um, spirit is a, is a seed. It calls it a seal. It's a deposit. His spirit is placed within us. And from the moment you choose to follow Christ, from the moment I come to faith in him, his spirit, his seed is placed within me and it begins to live and breathe and grow. And that's why we can say Christ in us because his life takes root, takes hold, begins to germinate inside of us, begins to grow and begins to spring up new life. You see, seeds are so small, aren't they? They seem so tiny. They seem so tiny. Um, Cass, would you mind passing me my bag there quickly? Thank you. Just wait here and I'll give it back to you. I brought with me a little packet of seeds, which is so small I can barely find it. I hope they've, hope they haven't got lost. Here we are. There we are. Thanks. Seeds are so disappointingly small, aren't they? Have you ever, have you ever taken notice of seeds? Like, Camera zoom will be challenged here. It's, this is a seed. So I don't know about you, but like I get a little disappointed when God's seed is in you. I'm like, ah. Oh. But I love what Peter says. He says that the seed that he planted in you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow. And this little seed, I mean this muhu of a thing here, that thing becomes this. How beautiful, hey? Don't underestimate a seed in you. See, seeds germinate, then they grow, and then they grow into something beautiful. Your life 
can become something beautiful. Don't underestimate the little seed that's in you. And sometimes you might wonder, I wonder if this thing's even growing. One day you're going to look back in a few years' time and look, your life's going to be more beautiful than it was a few years before. The thing about seeds is this. Seeds are filled with creative potential. Everything this plant needs, every, everything that this plant is, was located in that little seed, guys. Everything that, everything that this is was, was, was already inside of that little seed. It's packed with creative potential. When God says that His seed is in us, do you know what that means for your life? Your life is packed with creative potential. I want to stir somebody up here this morning. You know, God has put a creative potential inside of you. Somebody here is just sitting on a business idea. Somebody here is sitting on writing a music or writing songs or writing stories. There's something inside of you that's creative that needs to come out. And you've been sitting on it dormant. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me. In grade two... Old Sabi, I had a teacher called Mrs. Traitsman. Yeah, she was scary. One day she gave us an assignment. She said, write a story. So it's grade two and like, I mean, you can barely hold your pen, you know, at that age. And so I went back and I, I wrote a story. Came back the next day, gave him my story. And it was a seven page story on Robinson Crusoe. You remember that story? And then she came to me afterwards and she said, everyone else wrote one page, but you wrote seven. You should write stuff. And, and I say that with, with a lot of sadness, actually. Because I've written squat in the way of books or anything like that. And the beginning of this year, God really spoke to me. Said, like, when are you, like, grade two, dude? You wrote more in grade two than you do now. <laughs> yeah, I write sermons, but that's not the same thing. I think to myself, I've, like, wasted 33 years. You know? Have you wasted some time? Maybe you're sitting on something creative. Come on. You, you can be the creative force that God has called you to be. That business idea, that, that thing that you're dreaming of, that creativity in your home that you have been wanting to bring into your house, or that idea you've got for maybe something on the side or Maybe it's a songwriting ability. If you can write songs, maybe some of you can play instruments, but you're not in the team because you look and you think, I don't know if I could do that. Come on. Somebody here has got a book in them, a poem in them, a song in them, an interior decorating business in them. Something, you've got something in you. Seeds are filled with creative potential. Seeds reproduce themselves, you know. Because the thing is, seeds grow into a plant like this, 
And then this plant drops seeds, which take root and grow. And then that plant drops seeds, which take root and grow. Seeds reproduce themselves. As Christ followers, Jesus said what to us? Go into all the world and make disciples. We are commanded to, not, in, not even requested to, not even suggested to. We are commanded to. I hope somebody's hearing me this morning. We are commanded to make disciples. That means grab somebody in the face and say, come and learn from me. Come and be part with me. You're never too young to make disciples. You're never too old to make disciples. In fact, the older you are, the better you could be as a disciple maker. You've got all your experience. You've got all the life lessons that you've learned. The question is, if Jesus said something, it means we don't actually have an option. Yet we treat this as optional. And we're going to get to heaven one day, and we're going to get to the pearly gates, and Peter's going to be there in an awesome robe or something. He's going to have his hair done. Let us in. And Jesus is going to ask us the question, who did you bring with you? Who's the disciple that you've brought with? No, but I went to church. I went to church for 45 years. Jesus will be, who's the disciple you've brought with you? No, but I served God in the barista team and then I served in the worship team and then a Shines Project Impact. I served like mad and I stopped swearing, stopped drinking, stopped smoking, became healthy. I was a gym freak. I did hours in the gym and he's going to be, who did you bring with you? Who's your disciple? He's going to be, I stood on the street corner and spoke about Jesus. He's going to be, I didn't ask you to do that. I want to know who's your disciple. Come on, church. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm stirring us up a little bit because some of, some of us have got lazy in this. Some of us, it's not even on our radar. Some of us are like, I don't know if I'm good enough. Listen, if, you, if you're three months older in your faith than somebody else's, you're ready to disciple them. You don't have to have all the answers. You can say, let's look at God's word together. I've got a group of 12 young men that, Disciple, we meet at 5.30 once a month in the morning, 5.30 till 8 o'clock, so we can talk about God's word together. Seeds reproduce themselves. Thirdly, seeds leave a legacy. Seeds grow into a plant, right? And then the plant produces more seeds, which grow into more plants. The, the point is there's legacy. There's reproduction and there's legacy. Not only is there many orchids, but the, one, the first orchid can look down at the tenth orchid and say, I helped start you. I left a legacy. Shines Project Impact. That's why it's so important. I was chatting to one of the amazing ladies in our congregation now. She's uh, in her senior years, in her twilight years. That's a lovely way of saying you're a, a toppy. <laughs> but she's sowing her life back into grade twos. Why? Because there's a legacy to leave. In Edenville, and any, it's open to all campuses, both campuses, but you know, the, the ministry is led out of, by somebody in Edenville. It's called Cherished. Once a month, they go into brothels. They go into um, bars and places where prostitutes uh, are, are, are being kept and doing their thing, you know? <laughs> Quite know how you say that. <laughs> but 
but they pray for them. And then in their trail, in the trail of that team, they leave a legacy of dignity, of hope, of restoration. Are you with me? They leave a legacy. Seeds leave legacy. Are you with me this morning, eight o'clock? Are you okay? Seeds need three things to grow. Did you know that? I was investigating this. I'm now a botanist, an expert botanist. Prior to this, everything I've grown has always died. So (laughs) seeds need the right temperature. They need the right amount of water and they need soil. Did you know that? It's very complicated. They need just the right temperature. They need the right amount of water and they need soil. Let me unpack those for us a little bit this morning. Firstly, when it comes to seeds needing the right atmosphere or the right temperature, um, that, that speaks to atmosphere and it speaks to environment. You know that the seed that God has placed in you, it needs the right environment. Your life, my life, it needs to start to become the right environment for it to grow. That seed needs the right temperature spiritually in order to grow. Proverbs 13 verse 20 tells us that if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. The question is, the environment that your life's in, what's the, who's around you? What's the temper, what's the, what's the atmosphere around our lives? Who have you got around you? Because the people that are around you determine the atmosphere that's around you and that'll determine whether God's seed within you, His life, the new life in Christ, His spirit is allowed to live and breathe and grow and flourish. Are you with me this morning? What's around you? Are the friends around you a positive atmosphere for the seed that's within you. Have you, have you chosen the right friends? Are they, are you and your friends in the right environment physically? Are you with me? Have you placed yourself around some bigger thinkers? Or are you the biggest thinking person in the room all the time? Are you, are you the furthest ahead in the room? Because if you are, it means you're never learning, you're never growing, you're never advancing. You need to be around somebody who's been somewhere bigger, done something uh, more impressive, grown something that you haven't grown. Somebody who's more creative than you, somebody who's a better leader than you, somebody who's further along the journey that we, all of us, we need to never only be the biggest person in the room. Because it means the environment that you're placing yourself in is smaller and more contained than what you are. Are you with me? If you're the biggest person in the room in your business all the time, if, if in your circle of friends, you're always the biggest thinker, the most creative, the most successful, it means that the environment that you're placing yourself in is smaller than you are and you can never grow from that point onward. You've got to place yourself somewhere where you can grow. Environment really, really matters. Pastor Craig Rochelle said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's why it's so important to be in the right environment consistently. Let me say that again. That's why it's so important to be in the right environment consistently, to be around people who encourage you to grow. That's why it's so important that you're in church regularly. You know, in our Western culture, it doesn't happen at Thrive Boxburg. It couldn't possibly happen here. Definitely wouldn't happen here. But, but in other Western culture, do you, know the, the, do you know what the average church attendance is per month? Throw me some guesses, people. Come on, balcony. What's the average? How many times a month? Three times a month. Optimistic. <laughs> Once a month. Average church. So what that means is, here's this little seed. It's so small, my inept fingers can barely pick it up. You take this seed, 
You planted. Man, you wanted to become an orchid, right? You wanted to grow into this. But you, you plant it one week, and then you rip it out the next week, and the next week, and next week, and then you plant it back in there for another week. And then we hope that it'll grow. And we wonder why the seed's not growing. The seed's not growing because it's ripped out of the soil, the environment that will help it to grow. We should be in church every opportunity. Read my lips. Every opportunity. Why? So that we can be planted so we can grow. Why is it important? Because the environment, you're rubbing shoulders with people who are going to encourage you. You're rubbing shoulders with people who are battling with the same stuff that you're battling. You're rubbing shoulders with lyrics of songs that speak life to you. You're rubbing shoulders with the Word of God. You're rubbing shoulders with a, with a prayer over you. This stuff really matters. It matters how often we place ourselves in an environment to grow. We can't place ourselves in an environment to grow once a month and hope that we're going to grow. Hope that we're going to become the orchid. Are you with me at o'clock? It really matters. It really matters whether you do community in the week together. Why? Because you're rubbing shoulders with somebody who's got the same issues as you. You're in the environment for your faith to grow. In life groups, we work out our life and our faith together. If you're not in a life group, you could get in one. Simply just complete a response card on your way out. Pop it in the response box. We'll help you get there. Every week, people are getting plugged into life groups. Every week, there's new people that are saying, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Every week, people are saying, I don't want to do life anymore alone. Every week, people are saying, I'm lonely in my faith. The, The church gathering is... Uh, it fulfills one purpose, but it will never help you to really work out your faith. Are you with me this morning? It's 8 o'clock, okay. So seeds need what? They need the right environment. Are you guys okay? They need the right atmosphere. Secondly, seeds need the right food. They need the right food. First Timothy 4, 6. Watch this words. I love it. It says, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. Watch this. One who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you followed. You know, a a little seed that's going to grow into an orchid, it needs to be nourished with the right food. And for plants, that's water. All of us in our faith, we need to be nourished by the right thing. The food of our faith is God's word, scripture, the Bible. It nourishes us. I've got a little brown prayer journal, the top right-hand side of it is the ear has been chewed by my dog. You know, when people say that my dog ate the homework, it, it is actually like a possibility. It could actually. <laughs> but um, when I, I'm spending time with God I, and there's a particular scripture that comes, I'll, I'll write it down. Like where there's something that's especially nourishing to my soul. Psalm 43, 5. Why, my soul, are you so de- dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I'll still praise Him, my Savior and my God. Genesis 45, 16. I cannot, but God will. Ephesians three seventeen. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of His love will be the very source and root of your life. Psalm 4, verse 6. Let the light of your face shine upon us, Lord. 
Psalm 27, 13. I'm certain that I'll see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Just moments where God's word nourishes. The seed that God's put in you needs his word in order for it to grow. Not three times a week. It's a good start. But it needs it every day. This orchid needs it every day. Just a, just a drop. Can I encourage you? You don't need to read a gazillion chapters. And then you're like reading it and you're feeling pressure. Like, yes, I better get through this stuff quickly. Just read a page. Let God's word nourish you. Let it build something into your spirit. Hey, just a little bit. Just a spoonful of medicine. Is that how it goes? Spoonful of sugar. Make some medicine. Yeah, you just need a little bit. You just need a little bit to get healthier. Seeds need the right location. Different from the first point. Seeds need the right atmosphere, the right environment, the right temperature. Seeds need the right food. But thirdly, seeds need the right location. In other words, soil, right? How many of you know a seed is not going to grow if it doesn't have soil? I mean, you cannot put seeds in pro-neutro and hope that they're going to grow. Are you with me? You can't put seeds into liquid and hope it's going to grow. Seeds need soil. Are you right? The soil that you're in, the church that you're in, the, the place that you can grow, the local church that you're in, it really, really matters. The leadership of that place really, really matters. It needs to be Christ-centered, Scripture-based. Where Jesus is preached. Where he's lifted up. It needs to not have people exploiting other people for money. It needs to not have oaks staging resurrections of the dead. The only thing we want to see resurrected is ESCOM. Are you with me? I mean, of course God resurrected it. Of course he can. Of course there's been that miraculous stuff. There have been testimonies since the church began of God's miraculous power. But what they don't involve is a pastor demanding cash so you can witness the thing. Are you with me? That's not a pastor. That's a spiritual entrepreneur. This stuff matters. Psalm 92, 13 says, you've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard where they are thriving. Thrive, it's such a great word. Uh, a great name for a church, don't you think? Where they're thriving before you. In the New Living Translation, for they're transplanted to the Lord's own house, they flourish in the courts of our God. You will grow if you put yourself into the right soil. Let me give you a picture of what your life can look like if you allow the seed that's within you to grow. If you give it the right soil, the right environment, the right house, the right house of God, the right church, if you give it 
the food that it needs, God's word. And if you place yourself in the right environment with the right people, let me show you what your life could look like, what my life could become. Galatians 5, 16 to 23. This is a beautiful passage of scripture. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self, sorry, your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two are incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Sheesh, in a social media world, isn't that the case? Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know fruit starts with a seed? The fruit of the Spirit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. What an amazing picture of a life with Christ in us. What's in you? A seed of greatness. If you'll allow it to grow if you'll give it the food it needs through God's word, if you'll put it in the right environment and have the right people and be in the right places, and if you plug your life into a local life-giving church that preaches Jesus through the scripture, makes him much, your life will become beautiful. A simple invitation to church. You never know what inviting somebody to church could do. A simple invitation to church. Sometimes a turnaround for the lead guitarist of a band like Korn is somebody taking a risk and saying, hey, come to church. Have you invited somebody recently? Never stop believing in the power of an invitation. I love what he did. He said, I just did three things. I found out about my faith. I read God's word. I learned how to pray. And within a few weeks, I fell in love with Christ. He just did this. He, I, I found out about my faith. I started to read the Bible and I began to pray. And within a few weeks, my life, I was like in love with Christ. It's something, you know, guys, we complicate things. Just get into the right environments. 
Make sure you're in church regularly. Make sure you're digging into God's word. Make sure you connect with God, even in your brokenness, even in your insecurity, even in you not being sure really what you should say to him. Just, just do it. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.